Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. And so, Father, we speak your salvation over your people. You are a good, mighty, loving, awesome, fabulous God. And right now, your world needs your might, your strength, your presence. So in the mighty name of Jesus, would you rock up on the scene of our life and do stuff? Would you bring us your peace? Would you bring us your comfort? Would you, even in these dark and bleak days, would you give us your joy? A joy the world doesn't understand, a peace the world doesn't understand, a peace that comes from your spirit, spirit of the living God. Would you come and fill us afresh now? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, flipping heck, uh, what a week that's been, eh? Due to the coronavirus, due to the coronavirus, every single school in the whole of the United Kingdom is now shut unless you are the children of key workers or you are our fabulous teaching staff in Britain. Due to the coronavirus, every bar, club, pub, cafe, church building, Theatre cinema is shut firmly. Due to the coronavirus, every single office in the whole of the United Kingdom seems to be shut. People are tapping away at their keyboards at home in bed. But due to the coronavirus, we're washing our hands like we've never washed our hands before. And due to the coronavirus, we're keeping this social distance, uh, which means that Joel is a metre and a half away to my left and Will is a metre and a half away to my right, which is good because they probably not showered this morning. But due to the coronavirus, the countries of China and Italy and France and Spain, the United States, Brazil, the United Kingdom are in crisis. Thousands have lost their lives. Tens of thousands are in hospital. Hundreds of thousands have been infected. Billions across this beautiful planet are absolutely petrified due to the coronavirus. And where is God? Where the heck is God? Does God even care? Is God even there? Where is God? There are millions of people across this planet today asking that question, where is God? Where is God in this mess? Where is God in this strife? Where is God in my pain? Where is God in my fear? Where is God? But do you know what? It, it ain't a new kind of question. People have been asking that question for decades and centuries and throughout the whole of history. In fact, we go back to Bible times and people were asking the very same question. Where is God in this situation? Where is God in my mess? Where is God in my fear? Where is God in my distress? A couple of thousand years ago, a bunch of Jesus freaks, a bunch of disciples of Jesus, mates of Jesus, friends of Jesus, were asking the very same question. And we're going to focus in on their story over the next few minutes. So if you're back at home, can you grab your Bible? Can you um, find your Bible, switch it on, open it up? While you do that, don't forget to keep texting in. Where are you doing church today? Are you doing church in your pyjamas in bed for the first time ever? Has your wife, has your husband brought you breakfast in bed? Uh, are you sitting promptly and beautifully on your couch um, or are you more exciting? Are you, are you watching this in the bath or perhaps even on the loo? Let's hope not. Um, where are you doing church? Just uh, text in, just uh, 
uh, message in and tell us what you're doing. All right, you got your Bibles? Here we go. We're in the Gospel of Mark. Now, that's in the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible. Uh, Second book of the New Testament, Gospel of Mark. The story is all about Jesus. Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 51, and the word should now be on your screens. It says this immediately. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. But shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boats with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed. So you've got a bunch of Jesus freaks, Jesus disciples, Jesus buddies, Jesus pals, Jesus mates. They're absolutely petrified. They've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in their life, but right now they're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, absolutely bricking their load. But actually, the main source of those disciples' despair actually takes place two stories before uh, we get to this story, also in Mark chapter 6, where we've got the story about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the friend and the cousin of Jesus, has been beheaded, has been executed, has been assassinated at the orders of bad King Herod's. He'd been executed, he'd been assassinated, he'd been beheaded because of his love for God, because of his faith in God, because he wanted to live for God and nothing else. And now the disciples of Jesus, the buddies of Jesus, the friends of Jesus are petrified because they've been associated with Jesus, the Son of God. They've been following him everywhere around Israel. They've been trying to go make him famous. And now they're wondering, am I next for Herod's chopping board? Am I the next to die for my God? And now as this story kicked off, Jesus takes his friends, his disciples, his buddies, his pals down to the beach. And down on the beach by the side of the Sea of Galilee up north in Israel, Jesus finds a boat and makes his disciples, his buddies, his pals get into that boat. And when they're on the boat, he does not get in with them, but pushes them into the middle of the Sea of Galilee while he hotfoots it up a mountain to go talk to his father in heaven. So this petrified bunch of dudes, they are alone. But worse than that, they're now in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and a storm brews up from nowhere and the waves start crashing and the wind starts bashing and the rain starts lashing down on them and they are petrified. They're thinking they're going to sink. They're going to drown. They're going to die because the wind begins to bash some more and the waves start lashing some more and the rain starts smashing down on them some more. They think it is all over. But I've got some great news. The rest of the story tells us otherwise. The rest of the story tells us that God is in control, that he is there, that he cares, and he's there to save them. Let's get back out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. The rain is now lashing down. The waves are crashing. Uh, The storm is brewing up terribly. They are absolutely petrified, but that's not the big thing. They are surrounded by water. 
and they're Jewish. They're surrounded by water and they're Jewish. And for Jewish people, water symbolizes death. Can I take you back to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis, to the creation of the world? What we've got there is this beautiful verse that says, in the beginning, God, before anything else, God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, it was dark, it was empty. And what covered the surface of the deep? Water. So in other words, where there's water, there is no life. So for Jewish people, water equals death. So the disciples in the middle of the Sea of Galilee with the rain smashing and the waves crashing and the wind bashing them and now they're surrounded by water bringing their imminent death. They are absolutely bricking their load. They're wetting themselves. They are petrified. And in that moment, God comes to them. Jesus strides to meet them walking on top of the water, walking on top of death, trampling down the forces of death, walking to be with, to be incarnate with his friends. But the disciples, they don't get it. The friends of Jesus, they don't get it. They are so petrified by the water bringing death and the wind and the storm and the waves that they don't get it. And all they see is what they think is a ghost coming up to them. And they cry in panic. And so Jesus says, don't worry, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And he clambers into the boat, and with one word, peace comes. And with one word, joy comes. And with one word, salvation comes. The wind starts, stops bashing, the waves stop crashing, the rain stops lashing, and peace and harmony arrive. Guys, I know that's 2,000 years old, that story, but that story is so relevant for you and me here today. Because of coronavirus, we too share the same despair, the same pain, the same suffering as those disciples. And yet, as I look at the story today, I learn two things. Number one, God is with us in our times of misery. God will not let us go. He will never abandon us. He will never forsake us. He is with us. He is a good, good God. He's a good, good Father. He promises always to be with us. And secondly, during this awful time, during this time of pain and suffering, during this coronavirus, our God is mighty to save. We've just been singing those words. Our God is mighty to save. Our God is in control. Our God is there. He is a rock. Our God is omnipotent, the all-powerful one. He is omniscient, the all-knowing one. He is immutable, the unmoving one, the never-changing one. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if my God is for you, then actually, who can be against you? So guys, in the midst of this coronavirus, we have a response more than ever before in life. Throw yourself on Jesus Christ. Trust Jesus Christ. He is there. Unless he rocks up, we're all in trouble. Put Jesus first. Trust him like you've never trusted him before. Because he loves you. Mighty to be with you. Mighty to save. Can we pray together? I'm just going to leave a a moment of silence.
so that you can make your response wherever you are at home. You can make your response to this God. You can put your trust in him. You can acknowledge that he will never leave you, never abandon you, never forsake you. Just take that time just in your family groups, just on your own, to say, I trust you, God. You're in control. Father, I have no idea what's going to happen. The news reports are scary. The future worries me. But I know that I have you, whom I can trust. I'm going to ask that you would move your mighty power, move your mighty hands. You are the omnipotent or powerful one, would you stop this virus in Jesus' name? Would you stop the spread of this virus in Jesus' name? Would a vaccine be brought about, inspired by our God in the mighty name of Jesus? I can trust you. I know that you're in control. I know that you have power to save. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.